Chapter five, yeah. war. What is it good for? My goodness. Yes. Uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Thanks. Huh. Good God, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. We're going to do war, and then we're going to do uh, the, the first. I mean, I, I only guess got how- through the first attempt. <laughs> okay. I got through the second attempt. Nice. You know, no big deal. Well, because I, I actually, I went, I, w- I went back and read chapter four of the planned economy. It was kind of a long one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, happy to sort of be uh, re re-edified about that because I've all, of course it's been a week I've already forgotten everything no. the first attempt was cool though That was a very, uh, it's yes. very in line with a lot of things I've thought about those particular parts of the mm-hmm. Old Testament So, yeah for sure and I mean it, it, yeah yeah. so I guess we should let's, we'll, uh, um, so we're doing Rose Wilder, Wilder Lane's book Discovery of yes. Freedom I'll just say yeah. that at the front yep. again so that nobody's confused Second here. episode, episode 9.2. Second episode. <laughs> Everybody should be on board at this point. Yeah. And by on board, <laughs> no. I mean completely agreeing with everything we're saying. Well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think we completely agree with each other 100%. Oh, yes, as is evidenced by our discussions. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, it's funny. I have been listening back to some of our our discussions, and I... <laughs> Uh, I do feel like I was going a little bit hard on the devil's advocate stuff. Because honestly, you know, I, I've said this a lot, is that inherently I agree with a lot of the ideas right. of anarchy. It's always comes back to the organization mm-hmm. issue for right. me. She addresses this better than I think most people. Yes. But even it basically, for me, if I could sum this all up, it's like anarchy works optimally and is probably the best for people to be happy but it always ends up resulting in shambles when you get a barbaric outsider that comes in and and basically Mm. you know a pagan outsider as she might say yeah this is sort of the thing that i feel like uh is the big difficulty of any sort of peace bearing people and it's what always brings us back into barbarism is you know and and the second attempt so, yeah, we're doing the first attempt, which is about Abraham, and then the second attempt's about uh, Muhammad right. and, and peace be upon him. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, and the whole Muslim nation, uh, nations that sort of sprung up after his death. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, anyway, she, she, she sort of concludes, I think, not very well mm. that... Uh, that the reason that they basically fell back into their own barbarism is because of a, a lack of civil right. law, which I actually thought was kind of interesting for her to say, given what she right. said previously about sort of, but, but and, and didn't really give any credence to the, f- well, she gave some credence to the fact, but she didn't mention like Genghis Khan or right. anything like that, or, yeah. Right. So do we want to start with war? Do we want to start with the first attempt? We should start with war, but I sort of wanted to get all that yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <Nice>. you. <laughs> so the the war chapter I like a lot, and it's got a lot of quotes in it that I just want to post everywhere all over the world. Yes. Um, yes. Agreed. It's very yeah. Very. Uh, it kind of sparked, sparked a fight with my wife though, because I don't think she agrees. Yeah. Well, so do you want to summarize it and then go into that? Yeah. I mean, it's a little. It's or, a little so, tough to to summarize. I mean, I guess you can summarize it very simply, but. Mm-hmm. The idea that war is an offshoot, or war is a natural, um, uh, offshoot of a government 
only governments make war and all governments will make war because what governments have, the only thing that governments are able to do is exercise power. And war is uh, a way of governments to find a method to exercise ever-increasing amounts of power through uh, the use, the exercise of force and the expansion of their ability to exercise more force in the future, either through taking more territory or taking over more people or things like that. Uh, yeah. Or being able to yeah. uh, rope in new parts of the economy to uh, you know, fund them with you know, munitions and war technologies and things like that. And that essentially the, the only way to move out of the, syst- the current system of governments engaging in war is for people to embrace the fact that they are not actually beholden to government decision-making and that the only decision-making they are truly beholden to is their own individual decision-making because it wouldn't really make any sense for any particular individual to engage in war. And so if we all see ourselves as our own individual decision-makers, we very probably would not start engaging in war. Yeah, I think that was good. I think, uh, yeah, that basically covers all the points. I just have a few sort of things I wrote that I can, well, basically just echoes this proper right. function of government is force and the ultimate result is war. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you, so that's, I think basically what you said. Um, if men in government use the force that is government in an attempt to control human energy, one result is war for the reasons that you said. Government limits human energy. War is an outbreak against mm-hmm. that. And then at the end, I just have written a quote of uh, war caused by ancient pagan belief <laughs> yeah. that authority must and should control individuals. Because mm-hmm. it really does, I mean, that's her thesis, right? Is, is this, She's basically trying to build this argument that as she goes on in the in the first attempt, that this the first person to sort of realize that humans are free was Abraham, mm-hmm. and then and but most of humanity has been people thinking that right. they weren't free and that they were just mm-hmm. one of a tribe, and and you know, and and then I of course conceptualize this as the consciousness argument, which we've sort of already talked mm-hmm. about, but yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing as just if you're if you're feeling like you're one of a group, you're not as conscious right. as, you know, an individual who right. sort of realizes that they have volition and will. And, and I think from Lane's perspective, you are in a way consciously offloading your decision-making or your, your consciousness in a way by, yeah. by not There's, taking responsibility for your own decisions and your own actions. And that something like a government can try and exercise force, but ultimately the government will not be able to exercise force if say literally everybody just ignores them, mm-hmm. because then yeah. they, if everybody, including the police, ignores them, then they have nobody to to even enforce it. Right. And then right. if if everybody right. but the police, it's going to be too big of a problem for the police. It's this kind of thing that we are actually all deciding to submit. Yeah, which I think is it's basically what <laughs> we're going to talk about Reddit at the end. But I think that's why you got so much heat on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, well. because I think that's the you know, and this is what she talks about too. And and she she basically is making this point in the first attempt mm-hmm. about this is this is her reason why she says people hate the Jews is because they're the one they're the mm-hmm. first sort of group that really realized this and started evangelizing this in a sense of that you know 
we are we are free to sort of take you know do things for ourselves and there is no authority and mm-hmm. and you know this is she I'm getting ahead of myself but then when she gets to Jesus and you right. know Jesus was of course rebelling against the priests and you know saying like look none of these priests are actually the ones that can tell you and it was Abraham that was basically gave this very revolutionary idea that it's not God that controls you like it's thought in the pagan beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like the God of Valentine that's causing you to, to in love, become right? in love yeah. with somebody and whatnot. Instead, it's that you have will and you're acting mm-hmm. however you know you want, but you're supposed to act in a way that is you know right. true to uh, correct in God's mm-hmm. eyes. And so, of course, that gets into all sorts of things of what does that mean right. and, and whatnot. But I do agree that that idea is a very revolutionary mm-hmm. one. It was the idea, just that switch of are, uh, is, uh, you know, are you just a automaton being controlled mm-hmm. by the gods or are you right. acting or are your actions mm-hmm. being judged right. by a god? Right. Um, I like the story that she starts the the uh, the chapter with I'm I'm kind of veering off a little bit because actually I like what you're saying no, okay. I feel like it'd be good yeah, to yeah. kind of get back to it but yeah. I feel like the story no, she starts no the worries. chapter with is sort of charming we're talking about yeah, war yeah. right her Albanian friend yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was it was a good insight and the way she describes his understanding or his uh, sort of realization as to why Americans at least at that time tended to be more anti-war in spirit. Right. I thought the the way he framed it, the way she's quoting him as framing it, it was really good. Um, so it's a story about how that. I mean, this is, we're talking about the '40s. We're talking about a different time because I think things mm-hmm. have changed a little bit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, just a little. Bit. The idea was that uh, Americans tended to be culturally much more anti-war, and Europeans tended to be a lot more accepting of the idea of war, either being sent to war or the country going to war, things like that. Yeah, here's the quote mm. from that she's saying is attributed to him. The immortal value is the soul of a nation and war regenerates the mm-hmm. nation's soul. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amer- yeah, Americans cannot see spiritual value. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, she of course says, the state, the authority uh, controls all human beings. And oh, and then, yeah goes on but his bit about americans being materialistic i thought was right i mean it's it's insightful because it's a funny because we we think of that word as being really bad and you know materialistic bad but the Mm -hmm. way that he describes it meaning they focus on the value of life Mm -hmm. and property which Mm -hmm. i think actually is a pretty american perspective i mean Mm -hmm. that's something that i think i think individual lives and individual property to me are very valuable um, versus you the soul would. of the state or something like that as being, yeah. so from his perspective, more valuable than any individual life or any individual property. And then the American idea is, you know, like Sally's life and her house is way more important than like the United States government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and I like that, you know, they were talking about how, where was the point? It's like, 
It's also making the point of how we we don't refer to the government as our father. We call him Uncle right. Sam. Whereas, that's you know, like, the father I thought that was stuff. a pretty silly one because I, I thought, no, I, I actually really thought that was an interesting, because it's true. I mm-hmm. mean, it really is reflective of how we are a nation of immigrants. And of course, we're not going to call America the fatherland it's or the motherland. It's still familial. It's just not that familial you know it's like but that's the point though is that it's like okay because everybody's got that uncle that you're like all right all right buddy. <laughs> okay <laughs> all right buddy i'll give you my money but i ain't gonna be happy about it um no i i know it, it was funny so, but i i you know i actually think it was an interesting insight mm-hmm. i'll be honest i okay, i don't know i, I agree or you're frozen yeah, I, oh you're frozen that's can it. you hear me um all right so you thought it was yeah. a good insight i agree it's a good insight it's just I think it's funny to think it's radically different when it's just to me it's just your dad's brother. No, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> but again, it, yeah, I know, but it is you know, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it is just again, it's like yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> cool, um, I've already said my piece on that, and, and it's it's more of just the point. Yeah, that. Um, uh, sorry, I just had a text. Um, why am I checking my phone, Mr. <laughs> Antushka? Uh, yeah, no, but but I think we agree. And, and, and yeah, this idea, just again, getting back at that idea of an automaton, right? And this is how most people lived mm-hmm. in what she calls the old world, right? right. This is the old world mm-hmm. thinking. Um, and she defines the old world sort of more precisely later to uh, like the crux of the old world thinking, which is that things are not being made, everything has been made. Right. And you're just acting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're not supposed to be changing anything. Progress isn't a mm-hmm. thing. And she makes this whole point about like, you know, Benjamin Franklin and stuff. And, right. and the, and stat- that's the staticness of the universe, zero sum situation where for somebody right. to make a dollar, somebody has to lose a dollar. Mm-hmm. You can't actually build wealth. You can just yeah. exchange it. Which is actually very interesting because I mean, we sort of come to that conclusion as a fundamental, you know, law of thermodynamics, right? Right. <laughs> it is sort of an insightful point in some context, but right. yeah, unless when they're it's wrong used... about thermodynamics, but ah, that's true. Maybe they don't, don't the quantum people say that thermodynamics is wrong? Quantum people say everything. Right. <laughs> like, it's they like, say everything. Exactly. The that's people? true. They do say everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like you find one quantum person that probably says it, and then another one yeah, says yeah. the opposite because yeah. it's like. It's weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird, weird makes sense to me, though. Neat is the more surprising. It, it's actually, it would be very surprising to me if the, the kind of sterile physics models were really true. Things like laws, they're so neat. And to me, yeah. existence is so messy. Right. Well, this is always, I mean, we get back to that truth question. And it, it, for me, it's like all the truth that we're talking about is just its ability to predict things mm-hmm. to, you know, and right. that's sort of what we, what we subscribe as truth, but we can, you know, we, right. we don't have to get into that. Um, but, but yeah, no. And, and I agree. Like there was, that's, I think I texted you like, we should definitely read the war chapter mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, the, uh, the inevitable, the inevitable reaction to such a state of affairs is war. Too much energy is subtracted from productive energy. It's just this idea that government's always trying to limit mm-hmm. the productive aspect of human energy. Yep. And then at a certain point, 
it hits a groundswell and then you're going to get war. And I mean, yeah, it's like, look at what's happening now. I mean, I, it's a, it's a very controversial opinion for some reason, but it's like, there is a part of me that feels like there's this war. Like there's a lot of people that actually want to go to war because we've, we've gotten to a point where so many people disagree on so many fundamental moral things. Right. It's like, okay, well, this is, there's only one way out of this and it's just, we have to kill a bunch of people and which is horrible. Right. Mm -hmm. But it does, it does seem to be a pattern and, and yeah, and, and it seems to be the only way to break out of this pattern is by sort of making everybody realize we are not automatons. We have will, every right. one of us, if we reach a certain threshold of consciousness. But again, I feel like the reason, the thing that keeps us away from that, and she sort of says this indirectly, but I am kind of trying to say it more directly, is as you lean into consciousness, you lean into the fear of death because mm-hmm. you're inevitably going to think about that the more aware you are. Right. Um, and I think that's what keeps a lot of people in sort of the animal slumber of just like, it's security, you know? Right. Um, it's crazy. It's this, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those weird things where war is security. Right, right. But actually, I was just listening to uh, Bassem Yusuf and Pierce Morgan. They've been having these very sort of popular interviews on I YouTube. I know who that is. I know who Pierce uh, Morgan is. I don't know. Bassem Yusuf, he's like been compared to the Jon Stewart of uh, yeah. like Egyptian comedy. He came up after the Arab Spring. He was actually a heart surgeon. Oh, very wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. I do know who this I'm is. I'm sure yes, you yes, know yes. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he sort of sprung up in, I feel like, American um because he went on John Stewart's back in like as John Stewart was mm-hmm. ending um, his show in like 2015. That's when yes. I first heard yeah, about yeah. him. That's right. um, but yeah, he was basically kind of saying the same thing because you know what happened after the Arab Spring is Al Sisi came into power and he was basically you know people have called him a, mid- a military dictator. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I don't honestly know enough about all of this, but I'm just you know so right. sorry if anybody's listening is like. <laughs> But it does, you know, this is also what Basim Yusuf has said, mm-hmm. who lived there. Um, and, uh, and, and he was just saying how, you know, it became harder to satirize the government um, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. get people on their side because it's just they chose the security of the strong man, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so it does. And, and what is the strong man? It's like, I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about your own stuff. Give me, you know, give me the power and, and right. I'll, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it's just, it's a nice short-term solution. But in the long term, it always leads to bad, you know, right. whether it's starvation because, you know, they're like, okay, well, we're going to take all this food from here, from the productive people. And we're <laughs> going to give it to other people right. who aren't necessarily unproductive, right, but have been maybe convinced that they're unproductive mm-hmm. is sort of the idea. Um, and, and yeah, uh, there's so many interesting points. I, I honestly will say though, I, I started, I did have more, uh, she was really like convincing me. And then she, I was the, the second attempt chapter was a little bit, mm. I, uh, I, you know, I had more issues with that, but sure. I think still on the whole, I agree with a lot of what she's saying. Sure. We can get to that. Well, so the, there's a, there's a passage at the end of the war chapter that I actually thought was, mm-hmm was great because also yeah. it's, it's interesting after we read about Machiavelli because I remember just a little bit that we read about talking about uh, how you can't live in peace with a previously occupied people. The only option mm-hmm. is to completely annihilate them. 
Well, there's two options. You completely annihilate them or you assimilate them. Oh, okay. Right, right. But they can't live as they were. Second-class yeah, citizens. Right, right, right. right. You need so, to give them citizenship and full rights and everything like that. Right. Or else there's going to be a resentment that builds up mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah. Right. So the, the, the idea that annihilation is an option, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting because Lane actually addresses that particular option. Right. Saying that it actually doesn't doesn't end up ending any problems. No. So she's she's posing a, a, a hypothetical situation of Missouri being at war with Kansas. Right, right, right. Right. So No, no, I don't even think it was hypothetical. No, I feel that like it she, could have happened, but there there was never there was never a, a war, there was never a, there's never been some like permanent fighting military sure. fighting between military Yes, yes, of course, of course. Yeah, but she was making the point that there was, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, historically, there, there, there is historical animosity, but there has never people. been state-run right. war between Missouri and Kansas. It's interesting you want to read that. Is it at the end of page 69? Because I had that, yep. this also. Wow, I had that exact thing yeah. start. And, yeah, so nice. go ahead. All right, so it's this proposed war. Both Missourians and Kansans are good fighters. They would fight um, that war to a standstill and resume it again and again until it might seem that the only way to end it would be to crush Missourians utterly or to smash every Kansan beyond possibility of recovery. This solution might seem necessary if you did not know that utterly crushing the enemy has always been the method used to end war. For 6,000 years, that method has been ending war. It does not end war because war is not caused by the enemy. War is caused by the ancient pagan belief that authority controls individuals and must and should control them. This belief right. is, an indiv- is in individual minds, and no force whatever can change any man's mind. War will end when a majority of men on this earth know that every man is free. Each person must see for himself that everyone is self-controlling and responsible. Yeah, and what is that? I mean, it's in some sense the golden rule. Right. And yeah, she, she, she goes on that idea of brother hood or you know a lot of just seeing right other people as as brothers mm-hmm. and sisters mm-hmm. yeah no that's good what's I, interesting I is this, it's very powerful mm-hmm. to me but yeah well <laughs> when i showed very, it to my wife she thought it was gobbledygook and, really yeah it's so interesting so what was her opinion on it that it's ridiculous to think that everybody will b- just believe one thing well uh like, i.e., yeah, that everybody will know. accept that individual responsibility is the way to live your life. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically the... I mean, I think that she's right in in being... I mean, like in thinking that because that... Yeah, because that's exactly what I would say Rose Wilder Lane is making the point that every time mm-hmm. somebody tries to push this, it can lead to great wealth and opportunity if a nation mm. does right. embrace it and she gives examples of it like America mm-hmm. like Spain right. before uh, the Inquisition mm-hmm. like the Saracen uh, uh, you know like the Muslim empires right um, which you know she's uh, calling the Saracens I think I'm pronouncing that right yeah the Saracen civilizations right mm-hmm. which were the, basically the the Muslim empires that sprung up after Muhammad, mm-hmm. um, and like 
I guess you would say the Jewish right. religion. I mean, this is probably why they've pre, been so pre successful the, too. Pre-Solomon and the kings. True, but I, I would honestly argue that this idea of embracing individuality mm-hmm. is a central tenet of Judaism. I've, I'm not Jewish, right. um, but I, I've, you know, so what do I actually know? But I have, I have mm-hmm. grew up with a lot of Jewish friends, honestly, mm-hmm. and, and I did, I, you know, I was Christian, right? Mm-hmm. Brought up Presbyterian. Um, and, and I, you know, and I work with a lot of Jewish people mm-hmm. and I just see the, the, it's like, it's just a work ethic thing, which mm-hmm. I sort of attribute to individuality because it's this idea that nobody's going to do the thing mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. right? Sure. You have to go out and do it. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, I guess somebody could say, well, what do you mean? Like, of course, they, they call it the tribe and stuff. So obviously they think of themselves as a group. But again, it's this, it's this group that, you know, of individuals in some sense. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I thought this was a great chapter to read because of everything that's going on because mm-hmm. it, it really is, she's trying to sort of link the thread between the Abrahamic religions of, you know, of Christianity and Islam and Judaism as all fundamentally having this idea of there's one God, of course, but it's a God that is not controlling you. You are controlling yourself and you are supposed to be doing right, Mm -hmm. but you have the will ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, And I would say that is, I mean, that's how I always looked at Christianity and the good parts of it. Right. And because, you know, I was Protestant and I think that was a big thing that the Protestant Reformation was rebelling against mm-hmm. was this idea that you had this outside authority in the Catholic Church that was telling you, you know, you have to, if you're going to get to God, you have to go through us. And right. then, you know, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we'll talk to God. Yeah, it's like, hey, hang on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, what's also interesting in the, the Israel-Palestine conflict is the, the rhetoric around either side, whatever, whatever anybody's perspective is, is to remove agency from the actors. Mm-hmm. Is that... Yes. The whoever has been hit by some attack has in some way chosen, and the person who's done the attack has no agency for that attack. Right. And that seems to be the rhetoric all around for this entire conflict. Right. That none of the attacks are anybody's fault. <laughs> I know. I know. Which is why I think most of the sane people around the world are calling for a ceasefire, you know? Right. But like I have, I have friends and family members that are like, if you call for a ceasefire, fuck you. We're not friends anymore. Yeah. Like, I mean, wow. You know. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's just like, okay, so what? Do you want to have like a 21st century crusade? It's like, you know, I'm, I got Norwegian ancestors. We made that mistake a thousand years ago. It's like I'm not making that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. It is it's crazy. crazy. Yep. Um, and, and this is honestly, like, I was, like, also kind of debating whether to talk about this because it is so hyperbolic, and we yeah. obviously don't really know enough about the situation, but I would argue we know enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like we know enough to say it's like, you know, everybody should stop killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, Easier I, I have said this than thing. Done. I, to me, war is, like, one of the most tragic, worst 
things that exist mm-hmm. in, in the human world. And I don't know if it's the worst, but it's way up there. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. And like, I don't like thinking about what it means to bomb people is just, I, we've talked about it before. It's just insane. Right. And now, you know, we can watch it on social media. It's like I was just on Twitter. AKA X and, (laughs) and, and just watching like, you know, whether it's, it's, uh, uh, Palestinian, all the rubble of, you know, of Gaza, Mm -hmm. or it's, uh, watching a drone basically drop a a grenade on a, on a group of IDF soldiers. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Yeah. So it's, you know, but this is why I actually found like the Basim Yusuf, Mm-hmm. interview so compelling and which and it's also been very popular and mm. i think which is the reason other people are because it's like everybody every every sane person whether whether they're jewish whether they're muslim whether they're christian whether they're an atheist whether they're an anarchist right <laughs> understands that the extremists on all sides have gotten the control Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are running the show on all sides around mm-hmm. the world right now. Right. And it's like, if if us moderates continue to keep our mouths shut, then we will be led like lambs to the slaughter on right. all sides. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just the way it's it's unfortunately going to be if we right. if we don't say things. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness we have a podcast with twenty listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna ruin our careers over that. <laughs> it's but, so you know, silly. It is our careers. It People is. are so mad. Yes. Yeah. 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 But you know, I mean, it's 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 tough though because it's like you and I don't have people. We don't have family members being directly affected by this, so we're not emotionally I mean, charged about this. Well, uh, maybe you do. I shouldn't yeah. speak for you. I don't. Uh, my wife's parents. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> my wife's parents got uh, <laughs> yeah. got caught in Israel uh, like a month ago. Wow. They were there Wait. when the first attack happened. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. They had to. They had to. They couldn't leave. The airport was shut down. They had to cross the border into Jordan by land to fly wow. out of Amman to get to Paris. Wow. I didn't know that. That was Jeez. crazy. That is crazy. Also, I can't believe that was like a month ago. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, we're coming up on November 7th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the more we get involved, the, anyway, we're just talking about this now. We're not talking about the book anymore. We should, <laughs> we should probably get back to the book. But yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. They, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like the the next part of the book is is almost less challenging. Maybe it's more challenging. I don't know. But I'm, it's yeah, yeah. Well, so well, yeah. So I mean, it's it. I agree. It's it's pretty simple in that she's just basically saying like the first. So she calls it the first attempt, mm-hmm. and the, it's the idea of the first attempt. Excuse me, was Abraham right? He was you know, at least credited with the first mm-hmm. idea that we humans are free and started evangelizing that, which, which led to the Judaic and right. Abrahamic I mean, I think, I think there's a few really important points. So the, the, right. The first attempt I would summarize as the, the, the history of the creation of Israel and what, what the, the Jewish religion 
what the revolution of the Jewish religion was as right. opposed to previous religions. Yes, and that they were anarchists. Right, right. I well, mean, they started yeah. off that way. Yep. Yeah, so on page 78, they wanted to be like all the other nations, right. but to be like any other people, they must forget that men are free. That is the truth that they held. Therefore, of course, they were anarchists. Right. They lived and prospered for centuries with no government, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So they make a big point about this in the Old Testament, actually, because they talk about Gideon, and they talk about trying to make him king, and he, he won't accept being king. And eventually, right. they, they petition. I mean, they, she talks about it. They petition eventually. They get all the way to Samuel, and they're like, we need a king. And mm -hmm. Samuel's like, no, you don't. Stop it. <laughs> like, you don't want a king. A king's not going to make it right. any better. It's going to make right. life way worse. And they're like, right. no, we need it. And he's like, okay. Right. <laughs> And right. so then and God yet, grants yeah. them a king grudgingly. Right. Because right. Samuel like talks to the big guy, and God's like, okay. Yeah. You asked for it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, and then, and then she makes that point with Moses too, right? Because, I mean, right. she was making an... I mean, this is where... I, one of my pushbacks with a lot of this and then the, the mm -hmm. second attempt chapters were... She's making a lot of claims about history. I right. would have liked more citations, but I, I get mean, it. It's her like, story is biblically sound. No, 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 no. That, but when she goes on in, in, in the second attempt, I felt that more. So I, see, I agree. I, I felt that less in this one, but more in the other one when also she's talking about things that are not as long back in history. Right? Obviously, it's like, how much can we really know about right. 4,000 years ago? I mean, ago? I don't even know if the, this Bible story is true, but it, her, her telling of it is... True right. to the Bible, as far as I can tell. I think an interesting point she makes is about the Ten Commandments, mm -hmm. because there's these various sort of attempts to placate the Israelites in their mm -hmm. in their desire to be ruled. Um, and it's interesting, <laughs> of all people, Jordan B. Peterson. He has an <laughs> interesting bit on ex on the Exodus mm -hmm. from Egypt, because the idea of how do how does a people deal with being freed from slavery, finding freedom, and they're lost, right? They're lost in in the wilderness the for years, mm -hmm. decades, right? They're just wandering around the desert, mm -hmm. allegedly. Right. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just it's like Jim Gaffigan has that great joke about how uh, you know after after a couple months he would have been like, I don't think this Moses guy knows where he's going. <laughs> right, 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 right. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so they're just wandering around the desert. They're completely lost. And mm -hmm. then and they try and set up a civilization and they just keep setting up new idols and new gods and they need they need the, this ruling. Mm -hmm. And right, and so they get the 10 commandments eventually that cuz this is this is the pre pre-king thing. They need something and what God gives them as Lane talks about is a series of negations. Mm -hmm. It's not even it's not even a, a lot of rules about do this, do this, do this. It's mostly don't do this, don't do this, mm -hmm. don't do this. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting? Uh the have you heard of Socrates Damon? Demon? Damon? <laughs> uh yeah. I like I to don't, say I don't remember what it is. Well, he has this quote of like Basically, it's based. I think of it as he's talking about his conscience, mm -hmm. right? So, of course, Socrates was what 400 BCE or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember exactly, don't but uh, but at his trial, 
you know, people are asking him about like, why are you doing this? And he's like, well, I just, for some reason at some point had this oracle that started telling me things, but it never told me what to do. It only told me what not to do. Uh. I, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, this is where it's like, uh, it's important to start looking at, I think all of, all of these sort of philosophies, Judaic, Greek, Hellenic, you know, mm-hmm. um, Christianic, <laughs> whatever, as they all have this idea of personal freedom. I think they're all mm-hmm. get; they are all getting at this at, at, in the most uncorrupted sense. Mm-hmm. I would say before they get corrupted by sure. practitioners and whatnot. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's a very interesting point about Moses and the Ten Commandments, and and yeah, he goes on in the or she goes on rather in the second. Wow, how could I? Uh, it go. Uh, she goes on in the second part in the second attempt. <laughs> that just hit me how silly that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes on in the second attempt, and um, you know, is talking about Muhammad too. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't get. Well, I won't get ahead. We'll we'll get to Muhammad. Well, because yeah. I think her point about about Christ also is important. Yes. Well, About, and, and hmm? <laughs> I just thought this was interesting because she basically has a reason. She has a reason for why the world hates the Jews. Mm-hmm. I thought it might be kind of interesting to read. Sure. <laughs> On page 79, with reason, the old world hates the Jews. 4,000 years ago, a Jew said that men are free. 2,000 years ago, a Jew preached that men are free. In medieval evil Europe, the Jews came from Spain knowing that men are free. That knowledge will destroy the whole old world concept of the universe and of man. It will break up the foundation of the old world nations and states and shatter the very basis of their subjects' lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so they are afraid of the Jew. Right. They ward them off. So they this- shut them out. They build walls around them. Yes. Yep. Cool. Yeah, and, and she talks about Jesus also in that line or along those lines about, you know, how he, he came with the sword, right? Jesus right. actually comes to destroy the nations. Yes, yes. Right, he's, yeah. he's a destructive force. He's not a, I mean, he's a uniting force, yes, but he's not, he's not there with, with candies and everything. He's there to, mm-hmm. to destroy the old systems. Right, and again, yeah, getting, you know, he maybe you're getting... He also destroys the Old Testament. I mean... He is, right. he is the the fulfillment of the the old covenant, and he is the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe you're getting at just the the point I think I made of uh, how yeah, like you know, he's he's telling them don't listen to the priests. They're you know, just because they say that they know the way doesn't mean they know the way, and mm-hmm. you know, don't listen to Rome. Uh, there's only one judgment, right? Right. Um, yes. Right. And I think that is a very powerful idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really is what sets out. I mean, it's true. It's like this sets the Jewish Abrahamic faiths uh, different from basically every other uh, religious faith that has sprung up that we at least have record of, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's true. I mean, it's revolution. It, it's this whole thing. It's, I, I'm glad that she wrote this, and it's a little bit confirmation bias, but it's thoughts that I've had about the Jesus story for a long time, that Jesus feels like a radical individualist to me. Mm-hmm. You know, people say Jesus was a socialist and all that, and, and everybody can read their own 
Everybody has their own interpretations of stories, obviously. But he really feels like a radical individualist in a lot of ways because salvation is your own and your Mm -hmm. salvation is also your responsibility. Right, right. So it's, to me, it's the most white-pilled idea of all time because you don't have to rely on anybody else. It's actually easier. What is a white pill again? I hate all these pill analogies. God, the Matrix really did a number on our <laughs> psyche. <laughs> it, it's just that there's hope. Okay. I mean, to me, the, you need hope. Hope is the most important thing that there is. I think. Hope is dopamine. Right. Otherwise, why yeah. would you do anything? Yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, is there, are it's there actually, any other... it's part of oh. what, what really bothers me with a lot of the, the arguments that my ideas are unrealistic or, you know, the negation, you know, the, it's, in, it's inevitable that they can't happen or something like that, is to me it's, it's so, I feel like it's, it's attempting to deny my hope and it feels, it's what we talked about before. To me, it's a very different statement to say, no, I don't want that. I don't want the Mm -hmm. kingdom destroyed. I like the kingdom. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's a very different statement than the kingdom is inevitable. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess one is, is the, one is the negation of my perspective and the other is just a statement of disagreement. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Well, saying saying the kingdom is inevitable is saying that what I'm saying has no meaning, essentially. Yes. Yeah, it's a determinist. Right. Of. It's like, wait, there's nothing. There's nothing uh, meaningful about what you're saying, mm-hmm. which is annoying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's funny because you know I remember when when COVID first started, mm-hmm. everybody was just saying like, just focus on the things that you can control. There's so much out mm-hmm. of your control. But yeah, it's sort of the same idea. It's this kind of a determinist mentality of like, you're just, there's not really a lot that you can do to affect the mm-hmm. world around you. So, I mean, granted, there was this, there was that, I was saying sliver a lot last uh, episode. I don't know why. Were you? I, I yeah, I was. I, I always uh, sort of get caught in these like word loops. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to try not to say it. <laughs> this. But uh, what's the analogy? What's similar to a simula, uh, simulator sliver? But um, a uh, splinter. Uh, yeah, a quanta. <laughs> There's this quanta of, uh, of, <laughs> of, of obviously control in that statement. But it's still, I think, overly sort of pessimistic about your ability to affect the world around you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess the point I'm making is it does, it gets back to this idea that. For some reason, oh, I think I know the reason I've already said, because I think as you lean into consciousness, uh, which is control, ultimately that is the control, that's mm-hmm. the realization that you have control, uh, you also realize that you're going to die and that you really have no control over that. <laughs> right. Um, Unless you're which, one of the weird people who think you might. Yeah, yeah, but everybody will come to I that I guess the Christian story is that you do have control over that, that you, you actually have control and you cannot die. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I get it. I would say it's a rationalization of, a, of in, in yeah, some yeah. sense, but yeah. And again, you know, for all I know, like I, I, all I'm saying is that we die and 
I don't know what happens after that. Right. I have suspicions. We go to heaven at the age of 32, (laughs) and there's buses, and the angels drive buses. I thought he was 33. Uh, Probably. Was he 32? Fine. 33. Sure, sure. Because, yeah, I think it was like he was 30, and then it was three years. I think it's 32, but I think 33 is correct. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I was Presbyterian, okay? So, like... (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, I... Yeah, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess you, I don't know. I mean, I know you didn't read the second attempt, but I think there are some, I mean, did you, were you wanting to read it for next time or do you want me to sort of summarize? If you want to go into it, I, I might try and read it for next time. It's not super Yeah. The, the yeah, last can, one's pretty long. I was going to say, because I do think we should do as much of the third. I don't know if I'll get third. through the whole thing, but I'll try. Yeah, I think we should do as much of the third attempt as we can. Um, and then uh, we'll do the fourth attempt. <laughs> we are doing the fourth attempt as we speak. <laughs> oh, that's what this podcast should be called. The fourth there we attempt. Go. The fourth that's attempt. way better than Plausible Deniability what? AMX. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> plausible Deniability AMX is the best title ever conceived. Oh, no, right. I always forget that. Yes. Come on. <laughs> so at the top, I have this written in the second attempt. Muhammad also preached individual supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um that organization is evil and that priests corrupt the message. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause you know, it starts by talking about how he, you know, he lived in Mecca for many years. Right. Um, and, uh, and ultimately he was driven out of Mecca because he was talking about this, you know, again, that, you know, the priests, he was doing the same thing Jesus was doing, right? right? Is that the priests are not the ones that are going to tell you how to get, to heaven or save your soul or whatever, it's you. You're ultimately mm-hmm. the one in charge of that. And, you know, of course, the priest didn't like that. And so then he he gets uh, driven out. And and so a lot of this is honestly more of just the story of that. Um, right. uh, but making similar points about, you know, people wanting Mohammed to tell them, like, what are we supposed to do? And he was like, ah, you know, he's kind of begrudging to tell them that. And ultimately he did put out some rules, but, you know, and this is where I haven't read the Quran, so I don't know how, you know, true this is, but she's sort of making it appear like, yes, he did say certain things about like how many wives you're supposed to have and stuff, but he also more generally said like, you know, yeah, that uh, you shouldn't like the more, basically you shouldn't have a lot because you know it's just it's a lot to handle. Right. <laughs> it can t- well, makes- it distracts. He said that it'll distract lot. men. That's a pretty funny way to put it. Like all of a sudden, those bother lanes. Like it's just a lot of ladies. Okay. Well, they were saying that it would distract you from business. You know, because he was a businessman. I don't know. I'm making no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> You're like um, business here, eight women over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh. Actually, it was four. Apparently, he said four was was the number that you should uh, you should have no more than that. But again, right. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but and and you know she kept <laughs> she kept making this point about organization too, right? right. Uh, going back to this idea, because I mean her point I think is that we're going to organize, but she made this this. Mm-hmm. I said point, taking it too many times, but she made this point in, I think, the planned economies chapter where it's like, or or maybe it was a communist chapter where it's like organization is 
inherently going to waste human energy, but yes. if it's not if it's not uh, kept through force, it will re- reach a natural plateau. Right, there's a mechanism that will fight against it. The law Correct of diminishing it. returns. Right. Yep. Um, and and you know, so she was making this point of how you know. In when Muhammad was living, and then in the in the years after his death, it's like a lot of the Islamic society was sort of anarchic in that right. it's just people. There wasn't a lot of central authorities mm-hmm. telling people what to do. It was more if you wanted to make a mosque, it was like the group would go and make the mosque and mm-hmm. and stuff. This is where I just don't know enough about all this. She lived apparently in like. Uh, like outside of Syria and Iraq. Mm. I lived for some years in the remnants of the Turkish Empire and in Syria and Iraq. I looked for traces. Yeah, so, because she's then also telling, like, why why did the empires fall eventually? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I said, you know, she says it's because there was no civil laws. And I guess maybe she's getting at the idea that they didn't have, like, a Ten Commandments type thing, which I don't even... Like, I thought that they, you know, have something. Like, there's obviously laws that... I've already said about, you know, bathing um, right. regularly and praying regularly and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Right, because I don't she know. does address that with the, the Jewish community, that, they, that there were communal ways of dealing with, uh, quote, like lawbreakers and stuff like that, that were mm-hmm. sort of fast. And what she, what she doesn't say, and what I would wonder is, or my guess is, probably fairly inaccurate, Mm-hmm. But that isn't to say that I, I don't know if they would be more or less inaccurate than systems we have today. It's not like our system of law is very good in terms of catching and punishing, you know, bad people. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and she sort of makes that point about um, how they would sort of solve those things in in the Saracen civilizations, right. as mm-hmm. she called them, were. Yeah, it's like if you had a bunch of people that were, or if you had two people that started fighting in like a market, mm-hmm. the group would then separate these people and then you would bring those people to a wise person who would right. listen to each side and then decide what to do. Nice. Okay. So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and in some say, sense it's interesting because the internet is kind of mm-hmm. doing this in a, in a sense. Um, it's... It, it is bringing back the idea of public shame because you right. see all these videos, these horrible videos, but then you also see the aftermath of what happens to these people that are involved in these videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do wonder, it's just like maybe this is sort of one good thing about uh, the internet is potentially, because I do think shame is sort of the way that we've governed ourselves for mm. many years. It's the yeah. idea that you know you don't want to bring dishonor to your family and right. and it's this strong impulse that we have as humans to fit in and not be ostracized right um which I think of course a, can be taken it can be taken too far obviously <laughs> to yeah. group think i feel like the the, the problem i mean the, there's there's no perfect system there's a, there's a good old thomas soul there's no I think I said it. Yeah, last time. yeah, we've yeah we've said that before. No, Everybody quotes no that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's handy. There's actually yeah. a Thomas Sowell book. I think we should read. Oh yeah. yeah. Which one? Uh, it's about it, it's about experts. Yeah, and, I'd be uh, down for that. I mean, it's, it's essentially 
about how uh, the elite classes and the expert classes uh, are sort of trusted, but they're not actually... If you look into them, they're not even more correct than than sort of the unwashed masses. Yeah. We just think that they are. Yeah, they're better with rhetoric. Right. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a funny idea. It's kind of a radical yeah. idea that, you know, like a professor of history doesn't even know more about history than other people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, no, but I, I, I agree. And, and, and yeah, and, and yes, I was, she's not so much making that group think idea or the, the, the shame point. That's just mm-hmm. something I was thinking about, you yeah. know? Um, but, but yeah, I think, Ultimately, she she's just showing how the Saracens had a lot of these same right. ideas of individualism, and that is she's attributing that to all of the great inventions that they made, right? right. The Arabic Golden Age, mm-hmm. and and so she also spends a lot of that chapter just talking about all the things that we owe mm-hmm. to them, you know, whether it's uh, just. Algebra, right? Arabic numerals. Right. Uh, I guess the sofa, right? Uh, she was. She had a, just a bunch of Arabic uh, words that we still use. That yeah. you know, um, and just all the great crafts and and mm-hmm. and then uh, you know she was attributing the first hospitals mm-hmm. and and medical schools to them, which I don't completely agree. But you know, I'm not. Right. I mean, that I've they heard that before. Right? I've, I've heard that narrative. Yeah, but medical school. It's like, what about? Hippocrates. It's like, what would you call what they were doing? But a medical school, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and but yes, I'm, but it's not to say that they weren't. You know, they were basically doing everything that Engl- uh, Europe, England. Why did I say England? Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, that Europe. You know, she was just pointing out the absurdity of saying like Europe remembered science is the Renaissance, right? And mm-hmm. Italy, like, rediscovered science from the Greeks. But it's like, actually, what probably happened was they just got the transfer of knowledge after the fall of right. of of the Saracen civilizations and as people moved into Europe with the knowledge, right. whether they were Jewish, uh, Arabic-speaking Jews or just... I mean, there's probably uh, truth to that. It seems unlikely that the story is just all Europe all the time. Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think we have a better appreciation for this now than probably yeah. when Rosewilder Lane was yes. writing in the 40s. But, but still, it's just a good thing to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sort of didn't like how much... It's just, it's the same. I, so, but I said, I guess the, the point that I kept coming back to, and again, I'm not saying that I disagree with the idea that individualism doesn't lead to sort of the most flourishing economies if it can be mm-hmm. uh, grasped correctly. But it's that problem that, that every, you could say, civilization has when it reaches its peak mm-hmm. of at some point a more hardened people comes in and destroys them, <laughs> you right. know? And it's just how do, how do we reconcile that, I guess, is the question. And I'm, I'm not saying we're going to answer that right now. Yeah. I guess is it a well, it's a well-armed people, I suppose. Right. Um, Being for the... What, what's the Second Amendment? Being necessary for the 
maintenance of a free people, a well-armed mm-hmm. militia. Right. But it's just, I mean, she even makes this point of how militias can become police force, which then become tyranny. Yep. And, yep. you know, so, so I guess it's just, but I guess her point would be, well, yeah, it's just, you have to constantly right. fight you need against people that who urge. are, who are willing to take on the, right. The responsibility of being free, right. independent people. Right. So, so I guess it's just remembering constantly that you are free and you are, and you know, she says this about, she says this is essentially what she thinks that Muhammad was trying to get people to do when they repeat during their prayers, like there is one God, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that there's one God that, but also that you are mm-hmm. being judged and you have will. So, right. you know. Yep. Um, yeah, and then, and then she ends it by talking about how specifically in Spain, right, you had the fall of the Saracen mm-hmm. Empire in Spain mm-hmm. and the rise of, of Catholicism. Yes. And basically in three generations, Spain become, became a backwater. But interestingly, the energy of the Saracen people, she's attributing to basically going out and forging the new world. I mean, they were the first ones right. to go and, and discover, quote, discover, right, the the Americas. And, and, and yeah, so, uh, and then, of course, that leads us to the third attempt, which we'll read mm-hmm. next time, which is specifically talking about America. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. I thought I had all that old classical guitar music we used to play from Spain. It's all hearkening mm-hmm. back to those old cultural periods. Pre, yeah. pre, uh, pre, oh, yeah, taking over. yeah. Well, I mean, look at the, the guitar, it's like where'd the guitar come from, right? right. The Alhambra, yeah, All the sitar, obviously. I mean, this is the other interesting thing because it, it's true. And even, and you know, I said like Judaism is like one of the only sort of religions to really embrace this individualism, which I think is true to an extent, but it's just also interesting how much Far East influence mm-hmm. there is in. You know, like the Vedas has a lot of similarities to one of the Vedas. You like it can read it and then you read Genesis and you're like, wow, this is right. like very similar. And of course, you know, she brings up the concept of zero as coming from uh, the Saracen empires. But I think now a lot of Indians would argue that they were the first ones right. to sort of conceive it. And then it just passed through them. And this is this is kind of the other thing that I wanted to push back when I was reading it is just... I felt like she was almost being too, like she was definitely making her case for why uh, the Saracens were were a great civilization, but also like, (laughs) you know, she didn't talk about any of the bad that they did. And it's like, everybody has bad stuff. And it's like, you know, it's like, why did the Europeans need to feel like they had to, (laughs) you know, go around the Horn of Africa to trade because it's like, we kept getting ripped off. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) It's like, okay. That's true. So I I think there's a lot of stuff like that. I think also I get a little annoyed with people being obsessed with firsts. Mm -hmm. The first attempt. I mean, I feel like the problem is how there's no way you can know enough history. Right. Right. Exactly. Where did Abraham got this from somewhere? Probably. And we've just forgotten. Maybe it was, you know, the Anunnaki. (laughs) We're just throwing those words right. out, you know? <laughs> but this, this, I mean, this, this brings us to Reddit. But this oh, was like nice. one of the main arguments I was having on yes. Reddit, which was driving me crazy about the idea yeah. of the, the, the original idea of the term libertarian or something like that, which to me mm-hmm. is a completely worthless thought. Yes. 
Agreed. Yeah, that was, I didn't really understand that person's point. But yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Because I asked you, so yeah, you posted as you sort of normally do. And this was, I think, one of the more contentious ones. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, could be an just, interesting conversation too, as to what, why are these ideas that she's bringing up so challenging? Why, or, what, or why are people so upset by them? Yeah, I think it has to do with that thing that I cut out in the last episode. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> it's more than honest. that, actually. Yeah. Did you, you cut it so? out? <laughs> I did cut it out, yeah. <laughs> you will never know. And I thought, I think there was somebody who was, who was also talking to you, and I feel like they were trying to get you to say that, actually. Were they? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, what's the implication of this? <laughs> I thought you answered very well, though. Is the implication of this is the idea that just every time uh, an authority tries to convince its people that you know, put your will into me, and I will do good by you, right? That always ends up bad, right? And the only time, like, if you want to look at people who have flourished it's the people who have realized that they have volition and right. will and they are able to actualize right. their environment well because mm. this is what i notice when i bring it up most people are trying to pull the conversation to the most like gruesome horrific right. possible like if you like put a gun in somebody's mouth like that kind of like something mm -hmm. crazy and mm -hmm. it's like well of course somebody's going to submit in that situation mm -hmm. I like right. I can't think of anybody who I've ever read who would argue that like that that isn't a bad situation or that that person is in the best capacity to make the most well-informed decision of their life. Right. But that has nothing to do with it. The other thing is I actually see Lane's perspective as a very optimistic one. You know, the like the white pill black pill thing. The reason I like individualist ideology and it's kind of like how she describes uh, Judaism and Christianity and Jesus. And I haven't read the second attempt, so I haven't read enough about how she's describing Muhammad in that sort of area of things. But actually, to me, it's all very optimistic. And like we were saying before, death is an inevitability. Even the Christians are saying, no, it's not. You can even conquer death, which maybe is crazy, but it's like super optimistic. Because mm -hmm. the one thing that we fear the most is that that's not even a problem. <laughs> right, right, right. And and it's interesting and so to because, me, it's yeah. it, it's it's a it's a it's a message of hope. Hmm. And it's interesting the attempt to drag it into the most to the darkest possible place. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because it reminds people. Like if you remind them that they have more will than they potentially think, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden things that are going bad in their life could be their fault, right? Right, but and then they can also get better. That. That's the that's, No, I know, that's I know. the other side just, of it is like I know. It's your life right. and ultimately like I'm not mad at you if you're doing things right. that are making your life worse. Right, 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 right. So what did you think about sort of my my uh wrinkle yeah, yeah. though? We'll talk about that. Because what? because this is it. It's mm -hmm. like you know, to a degree, I agree, because ultimately I was trying to sum up, summarize her point as she's basically saying nobody from a physiological standpoint has the ability to actualize your muscles. It's like only you can send the neurological I'm not sure input. that's what she's saying. Uh, I, well, yeah, I mean, 
what else? I mean, how else do you think I, she means I when she see, says can nobody see, can may, can maybe harness she your energy? That. I I think that there's a better way to to come at it though, because I think that it's it's more than actualizing your muscles. I think it's it's what I was talking about the the whole ghost in the machine thing, and I think her use of energy is confusing for that reason. And so maybe she does mean literally actualize your muscles. But I think if you can send a voltage through somebody's brain that causes you know their arm to move or something or causes them to speak a word or anything, any kind of physical mm, process, I'm not sure that I would count that as action. I would count it as motion. But I don't equate motion and action necessarily. Well, and that's, that's okay. I mean, so... Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, what we're getting into because right. I was then saying, okay, so then you have deep brain stimulation, right? Right. Which, which sort of goes against what I just said of how nobody actually has the ability to actualize your muscles, only you do. Right. And But, of course, if you put a microchip in somebody's brain in right. the right location, you can cause an electrical stimulation to do that. So... I agree. What she's getting at is consciousness, but I've already sort of said in my conception of consciousness, it is a it is comes out of the interconnectivity of the brain, which is because right. I'm I'm materialist in this setting. Setting, right. it's like, and I don't think that devalues it. It's like it, I'm not saying that there's not sort of a right. fascinating aspect to it, but it is this idea that it is potentially hackable, and I think this is seen in the fact that then you have diseases such as wernicke korsakoffs where when you have degradation of the mammillary bodies in the brain o- over many years of drinking, you lose your ability to make interrograde memories, meaning you can no longer consolidate memory, new memories. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you also lose a lot of old memories. So you become this very interesting person. And, and Oliver Sacks talks about this in Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat, where you are basically living in the present. And it's this question of, are you conscious? And, and so I'm just getting at this point of, that's a very sort of, for me, showing that consciousness is... Right. You can degrade the physical you body can degrade that interrupts levels consciousness. of consciousness. Yes. Yes. Or Alzheimer's, take any of your sort right, of dementia right. examples, right? And, well, okay, so we could agree that maybe you were just saying the ghost is leaving and going somewhere else. I'm fine to accept that. But the point is that we're more hackable than we I'm, realized. And, and then it's not to necessarily discredit it, but it's to say that consciousness, I think, should be looked at as this great distance of information, mm-hmm. which is what allows us to sort of reflect because it's just a shorter path that uh, the information's going when you're actualizing your muscles, but when you're actualizing sort of your muscles after sort of doing a bunch of sure, you right. know, numerical calculations in your brain or whatever calculations, then that's what consciousness is. And that is much more difficult to hack, I guess is what I'm trying to ultimately get to because right. there's more convolutions involved. And so how right. do like, you- Like Elon you, Musk's child's name is very difficult to hack. What's that? What's his name? <laughs> When you said difficult to hack it, made me think of a stupid. Remember, Elon Musk had a kid, and they said the name was like X E dollar sign pound pound. Oh, I don't remember that now. Oh yeah, the kid's name is like a password. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but he what made a, a joke. He was like, "It's a very difficult name to hack." That's funny. Yeah. Uh, 
No, but I don't know if this is making sense, but this is why no, I'm it, saying... It makes sense. I think the degrading point makes the most sense. To me, the deep brain stimulation t- isn't necessarily different in kind than grabbing somebody's arm and pulling it. No, but I, I mean, I'm agreeing with you that that's the point, is I'm sort of, I'm, I'm sort of working through this. It's right. like I'm contradicting myself, but then I'm rebutting it. So I, it's mm-hmm. like I came up and said, okay, so I think she's talking about energy and the ability to actually actualize action, because that's really what you are doing. You say that, okay, it's more than that. I agree. But it's this idea that you have this orb, it, we'll call consciousness, and then you're actualizing your muscles. I think it's actualizing but, with intent. I think Yes, that but intent that, that's is what important. consciousness is. That's, that's, we're saying the same thing. Sorry. That's okay. okay. <laughs> no, okay. Like, sorry. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying to iterate the fact that I think I am agreeing with you. It's that the short path is different than the convoluted path. Though they are both hackable, the convoluted path is more difficult to hack, and we haven't really, maybe it's unhackable because we haven't figured it out. Um, but it's hackable to the extent that if you cut enough connections, you lose it and, and whatnot, you know, right. as evidenced by the mammillary body sort of right. stuff and whatnot. Um, and all But I think that that's disease. similar to if you kill somebody, they can no longer act. Well, it's similar, but it's, a, it's, it's less f- finite because you're still alive. And that's the point. It's showing how we can regress back into our animal state if we lose enough neurologic connections. Right. And so all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I think I agree with Rose Wilder Lane, but it's also interesting because it's, there are examples Mm -hmm. where, I mean, this is the thing is there's levels to consciousness, but I I think that the, the, the challenge here, what I find challenging and not that I disagree, I actually think I agree with what you're saying and I find it, it's difficult to to fit it in, which isn't a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> the idea that you know that your your ability to act, your consciousness is is this sort of irrevocable trait, God given trait, something like that, right? That it may not be that; it may just be the happenstance of your physiology. Um, it both like degrades the entire it, to, to me it starts to dismantle the entire system where it makes it feel like maybe you aren't act, maybe you aren't actually acting because if it is just a conglomeration of neurons then uh, that is just a happenstance of your physiology. And so it isn't this kind of like magical ghost in the machine system. It just feels that way. And, you know, determinism is true, at which point nothing matters. Like if, I, if, if full determinism is true, then I see no point in anything. Like you're just going to run out. Like it's not that we won't have this conversation. We will, but we're not choosing. It's just we're just running out of clock. No, it's just, I guess what I'm getting at is like, it seems like, the a subunit of it is distance traveled for the information and just because it can be brought down to that level doesn't mean that it doesn't create a really complex process that is able to break out of a determinist right. I think state it is, it, i think it's more than distance traveled so like i don't buy that's fine the AI you don't have thing. a good you haven't but yeah but like you 
think, but it's this is this is my issue though with metaphysics. It's like nobody's actually trying to think about what is actually happening in the bodies. And sorry, no, no, no I, I think it's fine. <laughs> but yeah. when we talk about actually happening in the body, I think that's mm-hmm. a more complicated story than it sounds. Yes, but I've given you a lot of examples of how, like, this is the thing. I'm trying to give you examples where we show somebody was conscious and then they're not anymore, and what happened to their body well, to we, cause with that. One, what happened with you know one variable set, like neurons firing, but there's also there's gajillions of things happening in their body at various levels. There's electrical levels, there's cellular levels, there's... there's so, there's so many things happening in a body that it, is, it isn't just neurons. And I know you're not saying it's just neurons, but I'm saying that that's, that's one dimension of something that's happening. Yes, sure, okay. I mean, there's like a, I guess, atomic, it goes lower than that, it goes bigger than that, you know, there's skin. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's why, I'm, that's why I was saying energy, you know, it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's information traveled. Which, I understand, and it's, I understand, it is but a computer energy, to right? me... It, you can look at sort of what's happening there, and there's information, right. I guess. We haven't I mean, met. Is it information? But this there's is voltages an, no, this traveling. Is, yes, but we haven't reached, even with our supercomputers, we haven't reached the convolution levels of the human brain yet in terms of the interconnectivity well, okay. of the human brain. Some people might argue with you about that. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know who to believe. We have 86 billion neurons, and we have many more connections of those. Right, and that's but, the point. Our but like most, AI people I talk to say that computers can deal with like almost infinitely more calcul, infinitely more um, signals per second than the human brain can at this point. Uh, so maybe there's more points of connection in in a human yes, brain. That's basically the, what I'm getting at. Yes. The speed, I guess, the speed is much faster in any in in a simple computer and in a supercomputer, way faster. Well, um, yeah, yeah, but it's it's a more determined path, right? When you when we're talking about the the silicon chip, and it is less convoluted, and that's the right. point. Is there's this? It, that's why I keep making this point about interconnectivity, right? Right. Um, and distance traveled. Uh, that's all, all another sort of big difference, I think. Um, is sort of the distance that information is traveling to get to whatever point that it needs to get to, right? Um, and and I, yeah, no, I mean, I I will need to go back and read. You know, I don't have the exact yeah. stats on like what the what the most uh, f- what the quickest supercomputer, what the quickest silicon chip mm-hmm. is, how many connections it has, how many transistors it right, has. Right. But, you know, each of these transistors, from my understanding, is still in a plane, whereas we've got just much more three-dimensionality to the brain. Right. Um, and it's all bundled in and hyper-compact. And, and, you know, and I, I just still think that that is sort of the thing. Right. That, uh, and, you know, this is why, <laughs> I won't talk about my, my research, but this is why I've honed in on the connections of neurons for my personal research mm-hmm. um, right. because I feel so strongly about this point. But fair enough. I'm also maybe just looking at it, everything as a hammer or as a nail or whatever, you know? So, well, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying that a, a human to me is a system of a whole lot mm-hmm. of things. Yes. And the electrical 
system is part of it in the same way that a house has water and electricity and internet and all these things. But this is where I think that you don't maybe know enough about physiology because it's like the electrical system is running all the other cells too. Well, the it's, electrical system is also running the internet to the house too, which mm -hmm. then has, no, has but its each own system cell, that's run off electricity. Yes, but each cell is maintaining a an electrical potential to do work. And so that's the point is electricity, energy is running all the cells in the same sense. And I guess... So, Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I, my guess is that there is no amount of physiology that I could study that would lead me to feeling as if physiology and seeming are one derives from the other. Not that it isn't possible to me. What you're saying is very possible. I guess I why, yeah, because you're not the only one that feels this way. So I, I do need to sort of understand this idea more because I think it's actually what most people think. Like you're saying no amount and it's like, I think that's a pretty radical statement. Maybe I'm wrong. And like what I was just saying, I think what you're saying is possibly true. It's not like I'm rejecting it out of hand. It's that to me seeming, you know, Sam Harris talks about this too, but I remember I used to listen to him when he talked. Like it, it, it is like something to be a bat is an example he uses, which is different than what it's like to be a human. And that, that yes. But our difference is the connectivity. Well, that's not the only difference. There's a lot of differences. There's a lot of difference, but if we want to talk about being a bat versus being a human, and you look at again physiologically, what's the difference? In right, the but what about system? being a bat versus a badger? Like, how different are? Is it is it really just like the difference between a bat and a badger is just that a bat has ten connectors and a badger has eight or something like that? I just made up numbers, but. Yeah, well, I maybe, but it also might not be that different too, because I would say that there's not as much probably awareness in a bat and a badger as there are in us. And also then we could talk about all the similarities. Like they're all eukaryotic cells, you know, uh, they're mammals. Right. Um, they're, they all, you know, have a general sort of skeletal structure that's pretty similar, right? It's mm -hmm. like, this is the thing where it's just, I wonder then too, it's if, if some of the beliefs aren't out of ignorance too, and you just don't know enough about the, the, the similarities that underpin all of biology um, and then how the human is different. It does seem to be, this is the one thing. Cause there was all these theories about like, yeah, why do we have consciousness? People went to the frontal lobe and everything. And then, but even that doesn't exactly explain it. And it seems to be the big difference mm -hmm. is in the interconnectivity and more specifically in the dendritic spines, which I haven't, you know, I haven't talked about and I don't have to, but that's really, those are the ultimate connections right. that the axonal boutons are making on the dendrites which are these little membranous protrusions right. off of the dendrites or the mm -hmm. dendritic spines. I think and, and we it, have tons I, of them. Mm -hmm. We have tons of them. I hear it. Okay. Go <laughs> read about it. Don't just hear it. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> I just like, I'm sure that I can read about all the cool, like, I, it's just like, we have a million bazillion times more than any other animal. And I still don't see consciousness. In the animals? No, I still don't see how... That is the source of consciousness. Yeah, I guess we'll just, we'll find out if we are able to make 
uh, consciousness out of uh, out of uh, AI, right? Because I think that if we do, it's going to be this threshold of interconnectivity. And maybe you could argue that that's what- I don't that think we'll what, even know. Exactly. I, like, I would argue that maybe the internet is actually the thing that's most likely to, to reach that, right? Because it's mean, it just a network. it could be there already. If it exactly. Is, I, but this is what I'm saying is, I, I don't think this is going to be an answerable thing. And I think... I, I think it's, answer, it's more answerable by the, the evidence that I've given you, though, of the, I guess you could call it the negation evidence, it's like what ha- or the pathology evidence. It's like what happens when something goes wrong in the system? What do we observe? Mm-hmm. That's why I keep going back to the neurological examples of right. Wernicke, Korsakoff, Alzheimer's, d- dementia, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know? right. um, all of these are pathologies of the brain. Right. And, and one thing that keeps them all uh, similar is that you have degradations of, of the neurons, but also mm-hmm. ultimately the connections, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, anyway, though, I've been repeating this. <laughs> I've kind of come off as a, as a dick, but I don't I think gotta, you're coming I, off as a dick. No, I think I am, you, know, you know about this stuff and I don't. It's, well, you know. and I'm being aggressive about it just because I don't know. I don't know why. I shouldn't be Are this you? aggressive. No. I feel like I am. Because no. I was saying, you know, go read about it. It's like, you don't have to read about it. But I guess I'm just frustrated because I feel like I keep giving you examples and then you're just like, well, I don't believe it. And I'm like, well, then, okay. You know, it's like, well, what can I do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's where my frustration is. But that's what I was saying. Ends. I don't actually know if there's... It's, it's similar to uh, a conversation that I saw. It was like some atheist, like... Uh, Richard Dawkins or something. And somebody mm. asked him what evidence would be required of you to believe in God. And mm-hmm. he said he actually didn't know. Because even if, you know, God came down from the sky and talked to him, the first thing he would think is he was hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm in a situation that's similar to that where I don't... Like the... The scaling of it is not is not where I'm having a problem. It's not that I think that we're like too close to bats. It's that it could be any number more than bats, and I'm still not feeling as if that is the source of consciousness, but I think I could be wrong from what you're saying. Yeah, well... I, I see what you're saying. It, I mean, because ultimately, I think what you're saying is that it is a difficult thing to prove. We haven't even proved consciousness exists in some sense other right. than what we ourselves feel like exists. Right. So, I mean, like the fact that it feels like something to me is the closest mm-hmm. proof. Right. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I don't actually know you're conscious in the same way you don't actually know right, I'm conscious. Right. No, it's true. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Just like we don't know the bat's conscious, et cetera. Right. But we can look at these patterns. And so maybe that's, that's the point. So it's true. I, will, I do cede to you that it's like, I don't think I'll ever be able to convince you 100%. But I guess what I'm trying to do with, with these talks mm-hmm. is get people to realize that there are very strong indications that it's physiologic. It could be explained physiologically. Mm-hmm. And I've given a bunch of examples. Right. And I'll continue to give examples. And I also don't think that this means, I don't think this proves determinism, determinism either. And I'm, I hope mm-hmm. to sort of make a better argument for this. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way. It's like, 
you know, realizing in me if like uh, with dopamine, right, mm-hmm. of how sort of controlled I am by dopamine. If you right. become addicted to something and then you stop it right away, that feeling that you have mm-hmm. is the dopamine just dump. It's right. like you're no longer making the same amount of dopamine that you were and your body got used to it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you don't have it. And for some people that makes them feel like they have no control. But for me, I was like, that's very explainable. Now I understand. Now it's like, if I feel like really depressed, I know that it will just be a matter of time before I stop feeling that way right. because I'll slowly re-equilibrate right. the dopaminergic system. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of the same thing with consciousness where it's like, I know that if I, if I am what I eat and I, I am what I repeat, then I'm, and that's going to create my mind, then I know that if I don't repeat certain things, if I, if, you know, I acknowledge things, but I don't sort of repeat them and, and make them substrates of my mentations, then mm-hmm. I'll be okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah, anyway. uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> um, well, we were talking about Reddit, and uh, and yeah, um, I feel like we agree. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting <laughs> yeah. what you post we for did this. It. I don't know. We agree. I don't know what to call this episode. Mm. Uh, maybe like think, we solved the we Middle agree. East. <laughs> we agree. <laughs> <laughs> Should it be Abraham, Muhammad, and Jesus agree? <laughs> yeah, probably. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. All yeah. Right. Cool. We did. Sweet. It. All right. I Goodbye. think so too. See so, yeah. you.